What is yoga? Yoga is a tool that helps us connect with ourselves and with God. There's something powerful that happens when we commit to just being present on our yoga mats, focused on each inhale and exhale, surrendered in each pose. As we move and breathe, we make more space in our bodies and our hearts to hear from God. The running to-do list and bubbling anxieties take a back seat to the gentle invitation to be still and know. Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 4610. Yoga is a Sanskrit word that means union. When we step on our yoga mats, we invite God to draw our hearts closer to his, to bring healing and wholeness to our broken places, and to show us the way to authentic freedom. Each yoga class is made up of three elements, breath, asana or pose, and meditation. Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart-lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Welcome. Welcome to today's Heart Lift with Janelle. I am so excited to be here with you today, and you just heard the beautiful, calming, soothing, spirit-filled <laughs> voice of a yoga teacher extraordinaire, meditation guide, uh, Caroline Williams. Many of you are probably familiar with her, but I don't know, because that's why I wanted Caroline to be with us today, because I... I share a deep passion for the practice of yoga and have done so for many years. And within the Christian framework, this little four-letter word can cause quite the <laughs> stir. <laughs> and so I wanted to bring in the oh, expert, but the anointed daughter of God who God has chosen to really help us all understand the power of this practice. And mm -hmm. as I was reading through again this morning in preparation, I, I really was on the verge of just strong emotion again, because yoga has definitely been a healing practice in my own life. And I have definitely found tremendous criticism in that practice. So I wanted to bring Caroline in today to invite us to a deeper, wider expansion of understanding about this thing called yoga. So welcome, mm -hmm. Caroline. I will introduce you Thank in a minute, you. but I want to give you a moment to just, just to greet to greet everybody. Oh, thank you, Janelle. That was a beautiful opening. As you were saying that, I was like re-inspired to be like, yes, God is here. And this doesn't yes. have a purpose. And when you're just in it all the time, it becomes rote, you know. So it's always I do. so good to to connect with people. I teach largely over YouTube and the internet. I mean, all yoga teachers do now because of COVID, but so any opportunity to connect one-on-one -on -one with people who practice with me is just a, such a fresh reminder that, that God is real, which sounds silly, he but is. I pray at the beginning of every video, like, you know, God, we surrender this practice to you, be present, Holy Spirit. And then he is. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know why it surprises me every time. No. <laughs> but he does, and it's beautiful. <laughs> he sure does. Let me tell you a little bit about Caroline. Mm. She writes, or this is in her own words, for years I walked out of yoga classes with tear-stained cheeks after experiencing the overwhelming closeness of God on my yoga mat. Oh, Caroline, I really could have written all of these words. <laughs> There was something so powerful about focusing my attention on just being present for that hour of class, and the freedom I found in it was intoxicating. So not only are you really steeped in wisdom, you are also a very good writer. 
by the way. (laughs) You're right. Some of us were made movers. Yes. That's Mm -hmm. yes. I've danced my whole entire life. So I do understand that I, Janelle need to move and groove and have that being. She writes, we feel more alive, more present, more able to hear God, more able to know ourselves. When we're moving, we run, we dance, we spin, we hike, we connect with God by moving our bodies. Maybe you can relate. I believe, Caroline writes, the physical practice of yoga and the sweet truth of Jesus has been put, have been put in separate boxes for too long. Oh, yeah. God is our freedom. He's for our freedom. He's for our wholeness. It's up to us to take God out of the Sunday church box and invite love and presence into the holy drudgery of Monday through Saturday. I'm going to be taking a lot of pauses. I just know I am. (laughs) She's practiced yoga for over 10 years. She's a Yoga Alliance certified instructor with over 600 hours of training. She's had the privilege of training with holy yoga, which definitely I explored over 225 hours. And I'm going to put all these statistics in here because this is a whole (laughs) lot of hours. I understood. I've looked into this myself. (laughs) Laughing Lotus Yoga Center, 200 hours prenatal yoga center, 85 hours, Kula, is that saying it right? Kula Mm -hmm. yoga project, uh, 75 hours and Katona. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yoga 40 hours. And you can practice with her and me. (laughs) You can see her on YouTube. I'm only on my mat upstairs in my beautiful space. I've created as an extension of this space, which is my breathing room where you'll find over 100 yoga and meditation videos, and they're totally free. Yeah. And then, and we're going to talk about this in a little while. Ooh, I was so happy the day this came into being. Caroline created the Abbey, A-B-B-E-Y, an at-home yoga sanctuary for lovers of Jesus who are aching to be whole. So I want you to look up. It's the abbeyyoga.com, right? The Yoga Abbey. TheYogaAbbey.com. A little dyslexia in there. TheYogaAbbey.com. And we will be talking about that more in a few minutes. But Caroline, oh my goodness, my goodness. So on your website, I just read some of your story. You can Mm -hmm. read more of it on Caroline's website. I cried, as I said, when I read the first line. I've cried all day as I've been reading your material again. I read the first line that said, I found yoga through heartbreak. Mm. as did I. Would you mind sharing a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, it was a long time ago, over 10 years now. I, I need to update on the website. And I was in college and had my first real heartbreak in dating this guy that I uh, thought I loved and was not the man that the Lord had chosen for me, but it ended and I was sort of rudderless it felt like mm-hmm. and um there was a little yoga studio in my college town and I like I said I always loved to move I had this like Pilates DVD in high school that I would do like every day and I you know just because I loved it <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. um went to yoga this yoga studio and just fell in love with the it was just a beautiful container to be mm-hmm. present with the fullness of my grief my heartbreak and move my body at the same time in a way that I don't know that I had the skills or ability to do on my own. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes grief inherently can just feel so overwhelming. We don't know where to start and we feel it in our bodies, but we don't have a way to sort through it. And Mm -hmm. so the yoga practice became a big tool in my toolbox to help process it in a way that was accessible, approachable, felt safe emotionally and physically you know, it wasn't a numbing experience, which right. I feel like a, a lot of heartbreak, our, our human tendency is how can I numb this? How can I escape from it? And yoga was like, Hey, for this one hour, there's no numbing. There's no escaping. There's like, show up for it. That's brilliant. Yeah. That fell in love with it that way. I really think you hit, hit a very strong chord there. You can't ignore your body in yoga. Mm-hmm. And I, I know myself that 
when I was going through a really uh, long, dark valley of the shadow of death, I was I went into spinning because I was a dancer my whole entire life and danced hard. Tap mm-hmm. was my forte and jazz and just, I mean, the harder, the better. I'm a lot older than you. Grew up in that no pain, no gain mentality. And I can remember coming home from practicing for performances and I couldn't even hardly drive home. Like my, it would hurt so bad. So it was just push it, push, press, press, no pain, no gain. I really didn't feel my body. I, I mean, my body was moving and I certainly was, you know, but it was fast and, and, you know, intense mm-hmm. and adrenaline driven. I think I felt the adrenaline more than I felt my body or my movement. Mm-hmm. So you saying that's just really clarifying that for me, why I also think it's such a therapeutic tool and why I wanted you here because I want, um, especially clients and those that I know in my life who have had trauma-informed difficulties in their life, yoga is integral in helping mm-hmm. you connect back to your body. So mm-hmm. I think that's what, you know, people often say like, well, why, why not just do like in the Christian community, especially like, why not yes. just Pilates? Why does it have to be yoga? And I think it's for a lot of the reasons you just discussed, like it there's, is an invitation in yoga to unite the Mm -hmm. disconnected parts of ours, our head with our hearts, our emotions with our bodies, instead of, you know, Pilates is a great form of movement. And some of the movements are similar, but Mm. it's a different invitation to be present with yourself and your body. And your breath is a big driver of that in yoga. I couldn't do it. (laughs) I tried Pilates and people are like, wow, (laughs) you're crazy. I'm like, well, number one, all the apparatus because that was distracting. And, and I know it's not always mm. apparatus inside of a Pilates, even Pilates yoga. I tried all that. But personally, I think the you, you're, you really have struck the chord in me that it was because I was distracted from what I really needed to be paying attention to. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved the distraction, probably fed on the distraction because I didn't want to be still. Mm-hmm. Because when we're oh, yeah. still, and we know, you know, Psalm 46, you are just read that, be still and know that I'm God. Well, if when I am still, I have to get to know God. And in order to know God, I have to know myself. So it's, it's just layered full of, you know, this inextricable thing. So I think that, yeah, totally on it, that it's pressing us to be aware. Yeah. And that can be so scary mm, for so people scary. and it's, we teach this in our in our teacher training right for some students if you you know turn off the lights ask people to close their eyes and be quiet and still like you could just feel your anxiety creep up and so it's you know perhaps that feels like an easy entry point for you but for a lot of us and especially people who've experienced significant trauma mm-hmm. it's a it's a long slow journey it to is. feeling safe enough to be in your body and close your eyes mm-hmm. and be still for 60 seconds and then we start moving or whatever it is. So there's, there's definitely a a gradient, a journey. I don't want people to think like, Oh, you know, be scared away from doing it because we've found so much healing through the process of it, but it's, yes. Yeah. The invitation is to show up as you are. Yeah. And there is, that's what I love an avenue and a space for you in the practice. Yes. And that was definitely, I, I, I liked I wanted to zone in on another sentence that took my breath away. You're going to hear me say that a lot. Every day that summer, you write, I walked down the hill from my house to the yoga studio and sweat and cried and let myself be loved back to wholeness by a God I had distanced myself from. And so I wrote, I added as a trauma-informed therapist, I, I challenged Caroline with this and asked if she would embrace me and help me see if I'm right in this. I wonder if you weren't really distanced from yourself, like we were just saying a minute ago, which in trauma-informed therapy or even in counseling or just in the whole world of our brain, our mind, our body, we call that disembodiment or disintegration or a divided Mm -hmm. life, right? Personality essence. We talk a lot about ego and essence here, like my true self becomes somebody else. And that's called your personality so that you can get through life. And I get that. And then the practice of yoga was that actually led you back 
to yourself, which we call embodiment. So mm-hmm. that would be wholeness. Mm-hmm. And I know that I know that that's what did it for me. Because I know the first time I stepped on a yoga mat and sat there, I thought I was going to crawl. And I, and I use this terminology, I'm going to crawl, I'm crawling out of my skin. Mm-hmm. And then after I had said it 5,000 times, I went, Oh, and then I understood embodiment. I went, of course I'm crawling out of my skin. My skin is not comfortable. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to be in my body. So I asked if you would share your thoughts on this and your own emotional healing. That maybe, you know, that's, is that what it's all about? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think as someone, I was raised in the, the Christian tradition and the body was never spoken of lovingly. The body was um, something that caused you to stumble or sin. And it was this, this thing that wasted away until we can just get to the real better thing in heaven. And I see now as an adult and in practicing yoga and studying this more, like actually these bodies, I mean, the Bible tells us these bodies are the temple of God's spirit and God comes to earth in a human body. And it like the the doctrine of incarnation is like, you know, we celebrate this every year, but like just that disconnect. I disconnect. Yes. And then recent years have been like, hold up. (laughs) The incarnation (laughs) is everything, right? It it gives us an invitation to, to cherish these bodies, to care for them, not just because they are a useful tool, but because they are the place that God chooses to dwell and wow. be present in this world, this world. And so if I'm always like criticizing it and judging it and wishing it was different, I'm missing out on the presence and the goodness and the work of God, which is in me and through me, not through just my brain or someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. These bodies are are sacred, right? They're not something we worship. And this is where I think our culture, yes, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy everything. And it's all just slightly twisted, right? We take it the other mm-hmm. way, which is we worship these bodies and we, we glorify right. them and we put them on pedestals and we, they have to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not true or right either. Particularly in yoga. Like I've had so many people oh, say that yeah. to me, you know, oh, I yes, can't do yoga because I'm a, I'm a little on the heavy side or I'm this or, oh no, you have to be long and lean to do yoga and you have to be mm-hmm. flexible to do yoga. I get that all mm-hmm. the time. You, do you mm-hmm. hear that? Oh, all the time. And I say like, do you need to be a chef to go into the kitchen and make a sandwich? <laughs> like, no, you, you start by making a sandwich and the more you make sandwiches, the better at making sandwiches you get. And then maybe one day you make a gourmet sandwich, but who cares? Perfect. You're feeding yourself. That's great. I love yeah. that example. That's so, so right. But I do hear that argument. So then mm-hmm. that argument leads me to, well, you're not safe in your body because it really yeah. does do that to you. You know, I compare it in my own healing of embodiment, of being whole, like the first time, oh my goodness, decades ago, my husband gave me a massage therapy session for like thinking this would be a great idea she's the mother of three young children, you know, she'll just Mm -hmm. love this self-care. Well, I freaked out. (laughs) And it was a male and it was just like having someone Mm. out and I'm never that quiet. I've never been that still. And it was, no. So I had, I realized, but that's when I realized why am I freaking out? Why am, why are triggers going off in my body? Mm what's going on. And I was, became very aware that I needed to get some help to understand why that would evoke such panic. Mm -hmm. And so I I really do. And I share about for my clients particularly, but others in my life too, to embrace yoga. It's like, give it time, Mm -hmm. give yourself space. You are probably going to be very uncomfortable yeah. In the beginning. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I think we bring, we bring ourselves onto the mat, right? So like mm-hmm. my competitive streak, my need to push and do yes. better, like oh. shows up on the mat just mm-hmm. as well. And so like you talked about injuring yourself through dance, there are so many yoga teachers who've injured themselves because like, look at all this cool trick, this cool trick I can do. Right. And we, so we don't get to leave ourselves on the mat oh. or off the mat. Right. And I think the yoga mat helps reveal some of that, like, Oh, oh it's really hard for me to sit and be still here 
Therefore, am I going to have a really hard time sitting and being with my child when they need someone just to be with them or my spouse when they need a listening ear? If I can't sit and listen to my own self, how am I ever going to like hear the Lord? That's so so beautiful, Caroline. That's really, really beautiful. Yeah. Speak more. I, I love that you get you. I interrupted. I'm so sorry. That's okay. okay. I get excited <laughs> that it's an invitation to practice being present. Is that what you were thinking? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With your full self in mm-hmm. a, um, in a non-judgmental way. And I think that can be scary perhaps for Christians because we, we, we throw around judgment a lot. And mm-hmm. so what feels really sweet to me about the invitation for yoga is like, Hey, just for this 30 minutes, let's just practice not having a judgment about what comes up. And I said, just notice it, you know, like, am I really eager to get out of this pose? Am I like the teacher's droning on and on and I'm getting bored and frustrated is, am I getting mad at myself because I can't do it the way she's doing it on camera. And just without judging that notice it. And Mm -hmm. how often do we create that pause in our own life? to notice that. And I feel like awareness is the first step, right? Yeah, always. The awareness is always the first step in any movement towards growth for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think you were talking about the competitive spirit. I thought, Oh my gosh, that just, my ego, I think was, was mm-hmm. taken through a really, really needed school. <laughs> you know, it's like, let's do wheel, which is a back bend. And oh, I gosh. broke my back, right. I broke my back in 1998. I was teaching dance. I'm a dancer. I can do da, da, da. And, and I'm not supposed to ever do that again, but boy, I can, I can do it. Everybody else is doing mm-hmm. it. I'm like, I can do it. And then I find myself, well, I can't do it because I broke my back. I mean, I'm just like, mm-hmm. just lie on your back, quiet down there, girl, Nico. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's so beneficial on so many levels. Yeah. Or we catch ourselves saying like, oh, I don't do those poses because of X, Y, and Z. And it's like, oh, if I say that here, where else in my life am I saying, oh, I don't do that because X, Y, and Z. When it's like, no, actually you probably can. Like we'll make some adjustments, but the potential is there always for you. So it's, it's a little like micro laboratory I found huge for the rest and of my life. It's definitely a therapy, a therapy room for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's absolutely um, brings out every limiting belief mm-hmm. perhaps that has ever crossed your mind, especially yeah. in a room full of mirrors, you oh. know, and all of the yeah. above. There's just so many, so many things. This session, this episode is sincerely dedicated to the naysayers, to Mm. those who perhaps I want to say are fearful, right? Of what they don't know. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted you to help educate us today on perhaps why so many followers of Jesus misunderstand this thing called yoga. You could just help us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I want to affirm from the beginning, I don't, the intention is to always honor and love God. And so I see that desire in people and I honor that, right? Like that's a beautiful God-given desire. Like I don't want to stray from the path, Lord. I want to be yes. in your light following your truth. And so that desire is good and holy and beautiful and God-given. And within the yoga world, the yoga mm-hmm. umbrella is very broad is. and very vast. Mm-hmm. And it came from a part of the world where actually Jesus came from, right? It came from, it did. It came from the East. It did. <laughs> um, but I will speak as a white evangelical American that Eurocentric, right? Right. That adopting things that came from other cultures can feel foreign and therefore scary because it's different. Mm -hmm. So the roots of yoga came from a culture that are different from ours. Mm -hmm. The history of yoga is not a white American history. And I think that in and of itself can be scary. Mm -hmm. I said the umbrella is very broad and very vast. And I compare this to even like the Christian umbrella, right? There are expressions and traditions and groups who call themselves Christians that we might look at and be like, they're not. Mm-hmm. And the same exists in the yoga world, right? Like there are practices and people in groups who do things, believe things that that we're like, that's 
I mean, sure, you can call that yoga, but that's not the kind of yoga I practice. But does your existence exclude me from practicing what I believe to be true? No. And the same exists within within Christianity. So there's that. People have said that, oh, well, these different yoga poses are worshiping different Hindu idols. Mm -hmm. And in my research and learning that I haven't found that to be true, the name, well, the yoga that we practice today, which is a very physical based practice really wasn't developed until the 19th century. Mm -hmm. And it was developed to help Indian teenage boy gymnasts, like (laughs) get out some of their energy, honestly, like that's the foundation for a lot of American Western yoga today was a purely physical practice. Mm -hmm. Um, some of the poses that did exist kind of before this modern canonization were really just poses to help you meditate because for the ancient yogis, these bodies were something to transcend. They were holding us back. Right. So meditation was the path right. to liberation and enlightenment, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to just sit down and meditate. Mm-hmm. So what kind of things can we do to help us do that? It's right. sort of like the very, very simplified version of things. Which so, in essence, if I can just say, is to come out of your body. Yes. Which we would to say- To transcend your body. Right, right. And so I think it's, we can learn that and say, oh, that's interesting. As a Christian today, I would believe this instead, right? Mm -hmm. But because that exists, doesn't mean that you throw the baby out with the whole bathwater. So there's that piece of it. Poses that we practice today, like I said, really most of them didn't develop till the modern era. And the names that were created for them come from the Sanskrit language, which is an ancient language. And they would name them as a way to help drive your vision for the pose, right? So Mm -hmm. like in tree pose, you're standing on one leg and your other foot's balanced on your standing leg. And we're going to call this tree pose to help you imagine what it's like to be a tree, right? Like you're rooted down and you're growing strong and you're firm and unmovable. And so the pose name inspires you in the pose. So Mm -hmm. there are some pose names that have names of Hindu deities, just a handful of them, but they're the story, like the mythology behind them is actually super fascinating. I could talk mm-hmm. about it forever, but I won't now, but. Hmm. Well, I would love and, it. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So one of them, Hanumanasana. Hanumanasana. And Hanuman is, is a Hindu monkey God. And his very short story is he was a devoted servant to a king and queen that he loved. And the queen gets taken from the king. And so Hanuman goes to rescue her and sacrifices himself. And he stretches from one land to the next to bring to rescue this queen and bring her back to her beloved. Hmm. Such a beautiful journey, a story, right? And so Mm -hmm. there's this like, hold that story in your mind as you stretch your body in two directions, right? You're grounded in one place and the love and devotion fealty to your king, but you're reaching forward, stretched out to rescue the one that your king loves. Right. Mm, also kind of reminds yeah. me of Jesus, how he bridges like that. 99, he leaves the 99 to go get the, yeah. Yeah. So Take it mm. or leave it, right? Like if you right. want to dive into the deep end, there's lots to dive into. Mm-hmm. But I, what I tell people is that the Lord is the redeemer of all things, mm-hmm. right? And so perhaps there are parts of this practice that originated from a place that wasn't in true devotion to Jesus. Yes. Does that mean that Jesus still can't redeem it and meet with us through the practice today? Mm-hmm. I think that limits the power and the presence of God. Yeah. The I Lord, agree. the Bible tells us that God doesn't see the exterior like humans do. God sees into our hearts, right? So if our heart is to connect with the Lord, to bring God glory, to draw closer to him, Mm -hmm. I believe that he honors that. These bodies and our breath can't be co-opted by some other religion or some other belief system. They belong to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so if I put my body into a certain shape and I close my eyes and I take a few deep breaths and I surrender it to God, I believe that bring God brings God glory mm. and helps me connect more deeply to God's presence. And, um, mm. and that's what yoga is. Right? Like I said, at the beginning yoga means union. It means union. Yes. That's exactly what it means. You write this and I, I just yoga and I, this was a little bit after the first time you went back on the mat or went to the mat when you had broken up with your in, mm-hmm. in college But then you write, yoga and I reconnected again a few years later, this time over being heartbroken by disappointment and a deep feeling of failure when the career path I'd chosen was making me miserable. I faithfully went to church, read all the books, 
and filled journals with my longing cry for God to open a new career door and tell me who I was and what I was meant to do with my life. All I heard was a lot of silence. I think we can all relate probably at some point in our life. And I know that I know many relate to it right now in their lives because I know many of you. And then you write, that is until I hit my mat. You took the words out of my mouth. You wrote, I always wondered, how could I hear God so powerfully and intimately in a yoga studio playing rap music and statues of Ganesh everywhere, Ganesh, and an instructor who chanted things in a different language? Please, 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 Caroline. (laughs) Because that is where I found my tension, my, my deep struggle. Like, am I walking a wrong path here, God? How can Mm -hmm. I feel so, I mean, for many, for a a stretch of at least four years, I would enter the yoga studio and maybe it's, you know, studios are my second home. I grew up a dancer, so I love dance studios. might have something to do with that. Mm -hmm. But when I would walk in the peace the setting, Mm. the atmosphere, the aromas, the presence of calm. I didn't feel that in any church that I was in. Mm. In fact, I felt as I almost felt like when I was sharing before about my, my period of spinning and cycling, right. Mm -hmm. On this in spinning classes, like I was going a hundred miles an hour, (laughs) going nowhere. Going nowhere, going nowhere, (laughs) and totally disconnecting from my body. I'm just filled with adrenaline (laughs) and shouting and noise. Mm. And I'm just kind of having this epiphany. I, I may have to be writing about this later. You know, that that does really speak to how I feel or how I felt or how I feel, like even Western Christianity and how we express it here is loud and noisy and Mm -hmm. crowded and busy and Mm -hmm. do more, do more, do more, be more, shine more. You know, there's just not that sense, any kind of atmosphere. Mm. I'm not saying it's not out there because I know that it is, but I I didn't have it. But Mm -hmm. I felt when I walked in the yoga studio, like I was in a holy place. And then Mm -hmm. I walked out with great, tremendous guilt because I shouldn't feel that way. Like I should feel that way in church. I should feel that way in prayer. I should feel, should, 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 shouldology, right? Mm -hmm. Shooting all over myself. Mm -hmm. So help. Mm -hmm. How did that speak to you? Talk to me. Talk to us. Oh man. Well, you, we sound similar and that you can tell from what I, what you read that I wrote that I was really good at doing things for God. Like just, yes. I was just tell me what to do and I will do the thing and I will do all the things and I will be the best of them. But I did not know how to be with God. And that translated to myself, right? Like I didn't know how to be with myself. Right. I could do all the things, but being with was a lot harder. But the Bible tells us that Jesus came and tabernacled among us, like to dwell with us. And God came to be with us. Right. He came to redeem and heal and save and all those things, but it was his presence that did that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think of of the classic story of Mary and Martha and Jesus and Martha, Martha, like Mary has chosen the better way. She sits and and is with me and sitting and being with was, it used to be very, very hard for me. So, but it was hard for you too. Let me just say it was. Oh yeah. Let's say the classes that I was going to were still power yoga classes. Power yoga. Like mm-hmm. it was not restorative yoga that I stepped into right away. It took it's okay. taking me years to get to the place Weaned where I'm like restorative. Exactly. <laughs> it slowly weaned me off the adrenaline and the cortisol. Okay. That gave me 50, you know, 60 minute class, 55 minutes was moving and sweating and focusing my attention and the finding precision alignment. And then at the end of the yoga class, you take this pose called Shavasana, which means corpse pose mm-hmm. and you just lie there on your mat in stillness. Ugh. And if you started class in Shavasana, it would be a totally different experience than when you end it. And so by the end of class, you're just so tired out, right? Like you've exerted all your energy and you can just lie there. And it was like, the Lord would be like, okay, now that I have your attention, you've gotten all that energy out of you. 
let me speak to you and tell you mm. how proud I am of you, Aww. how much I love you. And it was the words that my heart really needed to hear, even though my head really wanted answers and direction and clarity and purpose. And God would, would reveal all those things in time. But what was, what heaven's heart for me was to know that I was God's beloved, Mm -hmm. regardless of what I did or didn't do for God. Mm -hmm. God just delighted in being with me. Mm -hmm. You know, God's not bound by the physical setting that takes place in right? Like that could take place in a prison. Say that that again. God's not bound by the physical setting. This just happened to be in a yoga studio. But you happen to actually lean into Psalm 46 and you, you, you were still. Yeah. It's getting ourselves into that practice, you know, the more contemplative practices of silence, which Mm -hmm. is a yoga situation typically, unless it's power yoga, silence, (laughs) solitude, stillness. And so that's Mm -hmm. when the body actually gets to exhale. Mm -hmm. And that's where you can actually feel the breath and, Mm -hmm. oh, I am breathing. Oh, Mm -hmm. didn't even notice that I actually am breathing. At -hmm. least that's what it kind of did for me, because I certainly wouldn't have laid around on the floor no. opened myself up I to God. Productive. <laughs> I should be studying something. Yeah. I mean, Jesus says you, you know, a tree by its fruit. And that always encouraged me because the fruit of this practice in my life was obvious, <gasps> right? Like it was, it was peace when I didn't have any, it was stillness when I always needed to be on the go. And there was this constant whir of anxiety. It was acceptance of where I was on the journey. And so the tree of yoga Mm -hmm. yielded the fruit of the spirit of my life. What a beautiful, astounding way to image that. Thank you. I've never put it that way. I knew though, like I was like, but I'm healing. Mm -hmm. Wow. (laughs) How can this be? (laughs) There's an old hymn. How can this be? I can't remember what it is. Like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. So we get still enough to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, honestly, mm-hmm. and open our open everything, you know, like a, a huge part of uh, yoga practice is, uh, you know, opening your heart center your heart Mm -hmm. chakra, you know, opening that space. And boy, when we would do those like in camel or what are some Mm -hmm. other heart openers? I don't know, fish. I'm not sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I would just weep Mm -hmm. for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. Oh, and hips, right? Hips are Mm -hmm. a big deal. Can you talk to us a little bit about how women hold our emotions? Can you talk to us about that? That's not on script, but. (laughs) Oh man, I could talk about this for a long time too. So I think it's so interesting that our pelvis houses our reproductive organs. Mm. Like the the commandment that God gives at the beginning is to like be fruitful and multiply. Right. And it's the thing that the enemy goes after more than anything in the world. Right. Oh my God. This is like, if we want to bring heaven to earth, we do it in a literal way by literally bearing children. And so the enemy goes after that in very, you know, physical ways, right? Like assault and abuse goes after it in emotional ways, shame and guilt. And so what that means is we totally shut down and we disconnect from that part of our body, right? Which leads to lots of issues, right? Sexual issues and continence issues mm-hmm. and purely just disembodied issues, right? Like if mm-hmm. I feel like I spend these days, half my yoga practice being like, find your pelvis and just be okay with knowing where it is in your body and where are your sit bones and how are they moving in space? Because it's a part of our body that I think we hide and we cover. I mean, it's the first place we in our, it's, our, it's a place of great vulnerability. It is. And we cover it up. It's yes. the first thing that Adam and Eve cover up. It's it is. a shame. And so, but, but it is the portal for heaven to come to earth. Yes. 
You're so Jesus got here. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's just like, I'm chilling. I got chills. Like, because we just uh, came out of national gravity. I'm sorry. Say, say that. Sorry, and then sorry, I'll sorry. Say. I was going to say it's our center of gravity. Yes. But we disconnected from it. Yes. And we just came out of national infertility week. So this is why it's resonating. It's very fresh mm-hmm. in talking about this. It's so powerfully fresh. Mm-hmm. And isn't also the, are so is that our root chakra? Where, which, which one of the chakras? Yeah, is that? So we can talk. We can get woo woo. I like. I want to get woo woo. I do. I, you can just fast forward if you don't want the woo woo. Uh, He's created yeah. woo woo. He did. The first two chakras are like your root chakra, your sacral chakra, and then there's one in the middle of your pelvis. And so the first chakra governs like stability and grounding, right? So like you right. do think like leg work, feet work. Where like I am safe. I have a right to be here. Your second chakra is right in the middle of your pelvis and it talks, it governs like desire. Like I have a right to want something and to Mm -hmm. feel something. And so chakra theory would tell you that you got to work your way up from the bottom to get to Mm -hmm. the top, to be fully aligned and integrated and whole isn't quite the right word, but Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So uh, yeah. 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 And then you move up your third chakra is like the element of it is fire and it has to do with your willpower. And so you think about a lot of core work and twists and heat, but to get there, you got to build on, you got to know, like I'm safe. I have a right to be here and I have a right to feel what I feel and desire what I desire. And that's, that's all second chakra work. And so when we do poses like pigeon, which is this deep outer hip stretch and we are you know, our bodies at that point are still, we tend to do it at the end of class. So you probably are more tired and more able to be mentally, emotionally, spiritually present. Yeah. A a lot of emotions tend to surface when we get there. I'm just firing on all cylinders and I know we have to come to a close, (laughs) but when you're saying like the sacral chakra, right. That we have to feel safe. We have to feel grounded. That's all secure attachment in the Mm -hmm. language of psychology and Mm -hmm. in theory, you know, we have to feel if we're not given that in our child formation, right. If we don't feel safe, we don't feel like we belong. We're not seen. We're not heard. We can't build. We mm-hmm. can't build our life on a, on a good foundation. That's mm-hmm. just so, no one's ever made that connection for me. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Really powerful. And so that's, you know, that's, that's a question a- Jesus asks all the time. Like, what do you want? I know. Why are you here? Like it gets to desire. And I think we tend to shut off desire because we think, like, oh, my, I desire bad things. Yeah. That's a bad thing. Mm-mm. No, and, mm-mm, but go there, preach to us. Mm-hmm. It's also, I mean, even this week with three clients and it's a lot in, in childhood trauma and trauma work and healing from trauma is that I don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. I don't have a voice. Mm -hmm. And if I did, I'm not safe to use it. Mm -hmm. So I, I think you just explained that integration, that, that yoga, that practice of stillness and silence and solitude and movement and coming into a quiet place to feel your body so you can feel your emotions. Mm-hmm. And isn't that why we are human doings? Because we don't want to feel those yeah. things. Yeah. They are scary. Yeah. And emotions need motion, right? Otherwise they just get <sighs> stuck and stagnant and we get all emotionally constipated. Yes. Well, that's all emotions are. They are energy in motion. That's mm-hmm. what they are. They're mm-hmm. energy. But mm-hmm. we, once again, shy back from talking. You say energy in the in the Western world of Christianity, and it is woo-woo. People are always, mm-hmm. I work with a therapeutic modality that heals trauma through using essential oils. High, mm-hmm. strategically developed, therapeutic-grade oils. But it's like, mm-hmm. mm, mm, yeah. Like, that's a little woo-woo. Yeah. God made it. He God did. makes energy. <laughs> he does. So it's understanding, you know, and, and I love that you brought up, it's one of my most favorite things about our sweet Jesus is that he does ask, what do you want from me? Mm-hmm. I think it's Mark 10, Blind Bartimaeus. I have a beautiful audio, uh, Lectio Divina here on the podcast. You can look back and find that. But he doesn't say, what do you need? He says, what yeah. do you want? Mm-hmm. So somebody, mm-hmm. somebody, oh, heartlifters out there, 
Somebody today needs to be set free and know that you can actually have desire because Christ is in us. He's our hope of glory. We will desire what he desires. Yeah. yeah. When we're integrated. Yeah. It's like you, the beautiful, my utmost for his highest Oswald Chambers moons ago. You won't even have to ask if you're walking in unity. Yeah. You are yeah. in unity. Like Caroline, you bring up John 17 a lot when I was reading through a lot of your stuff on your site. And that is that call. That's That was Jesus's whole prayer was for us to be mm-hmm. uni- in unity. Mm-hmm. Be one. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. I, I asked ahead of time, if you wouldn't mind closing us out with some form of a meditation from your beautiful mm-hmm. Your lyrical, beautiful, calming voice. <laughs> <laughs> I would be honored to. Thank you. They can hear my dryer. I know. Going off in the background. <laughs> my dishwasher's going off. It's all good. That's the purpose um, of meditation, though, is, you know, just that's okay. That's right. Let it go by. Let it go by. So, this meditation is a short one, and it's from a man named James Finley, who's a brilliant Christian meditation teacher. He was a monk for a long time with Thomas Merton. And it's called the I love you meditation. And it very simply is we'll inhale. I love you and exhale. I love you and make it this circle of, I love you as you say, and I love you to God and receiving the, I love you back. So just take a couple minutes and we'll, yes, we'll ground our bodies and we'll move through it a few times and mm-hmm. be good. Yes. All right. So wherever you are, if you're, I mean, driving in the car or walking, or maybe you're sitting still, see if you can find a sense of stillness and the quickest and easiest way to do that is just to take a couple of deep breaths. So notice as you do where your breath fills your body. Oftentimes when we are on the go and doing things, our breath just lives up in our chest. But when we're more relaxed and grounded, when we feel safe, our breath can drop a bit deeper into our bodies, into your belly. So see if just for these next few breaths, you can breathe in and out of your belly like a balloon, inhaling and exhaling, feeling a bit of heaviness and groundedness settle. And then just notice what's going on in your face, squinting your eyes and clenching your jaw. Can you relax those muscles? And then feel also your shoulders relax. If your hands aren't on a steering wheel, can your hands relax? And without any kind of judgment about the process, just notice the sensation. Know that God's presence is in you and around you always. You don't have to go somewhere to find it or do something to attain it. It's here with you. Now, as you just sit or be in stillness, noticing your breath, you can repeat as you inhale, I love you. And as you exhale the words, I love you. Inhaling to receive God's love for you. Exhaling to offer your love back to God. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Take about six more breaths like this on your own. Long or short, doesn't matter. I love you. I love you. Take another really deep breath in. Open your mouth inside out. 
Remember that God's presence goes with you always. And then if your eyes are closed, gently open them back up. And notice. Thank you, Caroline. Thank so you, much. Janelle. Thank you for coming and shining your radiant light to us and encouraging <laughs> all of us to, to make our way to Psalm 4610, mm-hmm. to be still and to know that he is God. Would you tell yeah, everyone where you. they can find you? Thank you. Of course. I'm on YouTube, Caroline Williams Yoga, lots of yoga meditation videos for I I don't like to use the word level, but you know, if you're someone who's like, I can't touch my toes, yoga is not for me. There are beginner level videos on there for you. I also have a series on there about yoga and Christianity where I talk more about some of those objections. I'm on Instagram at Caroline W yoga. Janelle mentioned the Abbey, which is our online (sighs) yoga sanctuary. So YouTube is great because you can, you know, pop on a 15 minute video and then be done. But if you're craving more, the Abbey is more. So we do we, hit, we tackle a theme every single month through four yoga videos, meditation practices, a devotional, creative contemplation. We sit with it for the whole month. So it's slow and sweet. And you're connected to a community of thousands of people all over the world. So that's the Abbey. And that's the yogaabbey.com. Yes, I love the I love that place so much. <laughs> and you've been a tremendous source of blessing and calm for so many in my practice. So thank you for helping people Mm. find their way home. Mm. Find their way home. It's a privilege. May your, you're welcome. May your borders just expand and may you have more peace and more calm and more peace Mm. and more calm. And may you always know how much you're loved. Thank you. Amen. So heart lifters. Oh my goodness. You're going to be feeling so much better. I want you to remember that you are clothed in strength and dignity with nothing to fear. And you can smile at your future. Till next time. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value worth and dignity.